and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, 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 boom goes the dynamite, dynamite, boom. And boom goes the And welcome to episode 108 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how you doing, man? Paul's not here, man. <laughs> Inside joke. <laughs> yeah, I love to start the podcast off with jokes that we were doing off the podcast so that no one gets it. But uh, no, I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of avid Cheech and Chong heads listening to this podcast. Like if you're if you're listening to us, you're probably baseline familiar with uh, the works of Cheech Marin and Thomas Chong. You know, uh, we uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we're not like any other podcast in that we start off with an inside joke ever. <laughs> yeah, no, no other podcast not. in the history of podcasting has ever done that before. Uh, um, and that's why we're trailblazers. We're pioneers. Yeah. Um, you know, we're the we were the first wrestling podcast ever. So that's true. I think to add to our law, um, we're also uh, very famously the only wrestling podcast. So right. it was our idea. We invented wrestling podcasts. We invented podcasting. It was actually us. It wasn't Adam Carolla. Uh, <laughs> so that patent troll uh, got the wrong guys. Uh, and you know what? We really dodged. We really dodged a bullet there. So suck it, Adam Carolla. Yeah, we, we also yeah, I invented Mangria. <laughs> I invented Mangria and um, I will eat stew while wearing a bracelet. Oh, God. Mangria. That's oh, you're not know about Mangria. I do not know about Mangria. Oh, oh, Jeff. Somehow Jeff. I don't think oh, I want to know about. Child. Somehow uh, I don't want to know about Mangria. Mangria. Ma- no, no, Mangria actually uh, isn't very surprising. Uh, you're not. You're gonna be a little underwhelmed. It is Adam Carolla's Sangria for men. Pretty self-explanatory. I, I didn't realize that uh, Sangria was gendered. <laughs> No, no, no. See, uh, before Adam Carolla, Sangria was for bitches. Mm, I see. (laughs) Bitches love Sangria, according to Adam Carolla. But no, what if guys could also drink Sangria? Uh, The problem is you have to put the word man in it first before they're allowed to. And and you know what? I like to thank Adam Carolla for that because, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, sangria is delicious and we should all be able to drink it. So him, you know, uh, giving us access to it. I think is very brave. And I, 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 think, I had you know, no no idea of his contributions to sangria equality. I had no idea. You know, and I think that's we got we gotta sing the praises of these unsung heroes more often. And I think it's important to use our platform to uh you know let people know. <laughs> I can't even do that with a straight face. Adam Carolla fucking sucks. Yeah, I I just say I think I hate <laughs> I, I think I hate podcasting as much as I hated pro wrestling when this episode started, because between a very messy, uh, lackluster, triple... Uh, not, it wasn't triple, Manny. It was uh, Rey de Reyes on Saturday. 
the that, Ray of all Reyes. That that for that those show, that don't speak Spanish. That show was a mess. <laughs> that show. Was so I was told. I uh, I decided to completely wreck my brain watching independent wrestling this weekend, and I thought it was the right decision. I watched six indie shows. Good. I God. think yeah, six or seven indie shows this weekend. And uh, it, a lot of it was just really good. So well, I watched a lot of really good wrestling. When I did a Mania weekend, I didn't watch six shows total. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I think I went to nine or ten. Yeah. Uh, but also, I, I woke up this morning and there was a shit ton of shows in Japan because it was the Emperor. It, it's the Reiwa Emperor's birthday in Japan was today. So it's a, it's a national holiday there. And... Um, so there was a shit ton of, of super cards in Japan, and the first thing I see is one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time is now Noah's GHC champion in Kazuyuki fucking Fujita. Oh. I fucking hate I don't Kazuyuki. really know shit about Fujita, so... I fucking uh, hate Sorry, I, I guess for you. <laughs> he's, he's like Jeff Jarrett levels. I hate this motherfucker and never want to see him again. So... Well, uh, I guess uh, you turn off Noah for a little while then. Yeah, I guess I'm going to because, uh, Jesus, yeah, th- thanks, Cyberfight, for your uh, love of 50-plus-year-old champions. <laughs> because you know, We do love 50-plus-year-old champions. Yeah, well, well Cyberfight certainly does. It's because... not like that's unique to them, obviously. 50-plus-year-old champions have been a thing uh for generations in professional wrestling <laughs> one, yeah, of, oh, one of wrestling's yeah. oldest traditions oh, is oh, a yeah. old guy holding the belt oh yeah so i mean i mean that was you know certainly the case in the awa back in the day you know, it's certainly the case all again all throughout history that wasn't a bit like that's true <laughs> yeah so but you know what that being said uh all passes prelude or, or all passes prologue excuse me is the term so let's go live to uh, what is this? The Webster Bank Arena. Once again, my chicken scrawl comes back to haunt. Shout me. out Webster Bank. Wow, we the, love banking with Webster Bank. Thank the you, Webster, Webster Bank. Bank Arena in Bridgeport, Connecticut for uh, this week's episode. It's lovely a- this time of year. AEW Dynamite, your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. By the way, uh, former co-host of this very program, Lawrence O'Brien, in attendance. In, in oh, Bridgeport. shout out Lawrence. So, hey. Ah, Lawrence over there in Bridgeport. Yeah, so, uh, hey, hey. I hope Lawrence. you got, like, a weird pizza that has, like, uh, the cheese in the wrong place or something. I don't know. They do weird pizzas out there in New England. Do they? I just feel like, I don't know. I, I just always feel like, don't you, you hear about, like, a pizza in New Hampshire or, like, a pizza in Delaware, and it's always, like, some weird shit. So, I got I feel like a town like Bridgeport, Connecticut's got to have, like, some sort of Weird gimmicky New England pizza. It's like uh, the cheese is underneath, like the cheese is on the bottom of the pan for some so, reason. So, so uh, wait, pump the brakes. When did Delaware become part of New England exactly? Delaware is part of New England. It's the one of the first states, right? Like there. That doesn't mean it's part of New England, Paul. <laughs> that makes them New England. Uh, Paul, Delaware was a Confederate state. <laughs> That's still New England. <laughs> that's uh, that's fine. Uh, Delaware's New England, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, all the stuff up in the north, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Canada. Well, look up the U.S. Mexico, Sebastian, and uh, Tahiti are all New England. This is fact. Guam, Guam is also New England. 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, we start off. Shreveport, Louisiana is New England. A lot of people don't know that. It's just weird. We, we, we start this week off the right way with a match. Uh, we go. I mean, yeah, but it was also this match. It was this I'm not match. saying that it was bad, but it was a lot. Like, it was a, a, a real busy start uh, to our evening. It, it was a very busy start. Uh, this was the 10-team the tag team battle royale to qualify for, to, for one of the teams that will face off against Jurassic Express at the Revolution pay-per-view event on March 6th, uh, which is a Sunday, not the way Jesus intended it. It should be on a Saturday. Paul, how the hell are we going to do our review show? Because I cannot I don't do know. this. You tell me, man. I, I don't cannot sleep. Do, yeah, I, uh, I, well, you, a lot okay, of people don't I know do. this. I yeah, do. A, a, a glimpse into a view of my life. I actually don't sleep. I just kind of stand in a hyperbaric chamber with goggles on for uh, an hour and a half per day. And that's kind of how I get my rest. Uh, the rest of it, I'm just kind of up all night um, watching wrestling, uh, playing video games, and uh, thinking about jerking off but not actually doing it. So, uh, um, well, you, you guess no, I don't really need the Delta Eights in there somewhere. <laughs> well, how do you think I'm staying up for so long? <laughs> really? Because I've, I've usually found that Delta Eights usually have the opposite effect on people. <laughs> you know, uh, Delta Eights are actually a stimulant for me. Uh, I guess I'm just built different. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to go on, like, say you're, you're, you're like Judge Dredd. You got the, the sleep machine for, for 10 minutes and then that's it. No, I do that. Um, I do that slow-mo drug from the Dread movie <laughs> and uh, just helps me pass time a lot easier. You God, know that was I mean? such a good movie. <laughs> anyway, I know we've talked about Dread probably like this. would probably be like the fourth time at least we talked about Dread on this podcast. But oh, it yeah. does rule. <laughs> it did, it's it a great movie. Rule. We uh, always talk about Dread. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> That's a good movie. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, this uh, this match was a little busy, but it was uh, it was pretty fun. I thought the first like four to six minutes were useless because it was just standing in the corners and throwing forearms as battle royals are wont to do. So, like, not a whole lot happened until we started getting into like the stuff that was like storyline effective and like the things that we kind of knew that we were we were looking forward to here. There were some interesting eliminations throughout it, but. Uh, and I thought the other biggest one was the final four dragged a little bit. And you can tell the crowd was kind of like didn't really know what direction to go in for like a minute there. And yeah, that really brought things it, down. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I think once. Yeah, once they got rid of uh, Santana and uh, and Tremperetta, it, it did kind of go that way. Uh, hang on two seconds, Paul. I, I, ha I may have a surprise for you. Oh shit! Do we have breaking news? Uh, we we uh, we have a we may have breaking news. We may have a breaking guest. Whoa! So somebody has requested to to join in for the the lulls on this one. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. Let, bring let's them see. in. Bring bring oh, them so in. Let, 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 let's continue on in in the meantime. Uh. So um. Yeah. Uh. And, and to to the um. Oh. Oh. Well, Hello, it, everybody. It's Chris Damasano, right when I get some breaking news from Is Twitter. that Chris Damasano's music? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now I actually have to pick a theme. This is going to be hard. My God. Oh, hey, by Different the way, this is going to be a real fun topic to discuss on a wrestling podcast. Uh, ABC News reporting uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine has begun. So, um, I don't need the, the only... distraction from the dual scrolling. So, yeah, here I am. Thanks My only comment on that is uh, USSR number one, uh, US uh, Ach Patui. 
So that's so, the so reference wait, so wait, I gotta wait, say there. Which one are you trying to imitate now? Yes. Uh, Just yeah. yes. <laughs> Correct. I'm going to let Chris take this one since Chris gets it. Uh, Chris Damasano, the founding member of uh, this podcast and, and another podcast that we were supposed to do a last episode of. And it's almost March and we still have not gotten. Don't worry about it. We're not talking about it right now. That's right. Yes. Yeah, it's a clever way to, <laughs> to keep the podcast alive. <laughs> you got to keep them guessing. You got to keep them guessing. <laughs> Uh, Chris, how are you? Welcome. Thank you for joining us on Boom Goes the Dynamite. For the most part, yeah, I've been pretty good. Uh, good episode overall of Dynamite, and uh, I could use the distraction, so I'm here to talk about it accordingly. Okay, Yay. so, so to distract you. you look like you're, uh, since we actually are, we, so Paul and I a couple weeks ago moved to a Zoom format, like, you know, we're behind. Like every, we're, we're behind everybody else in 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 God's green earth. It looks. I like mean, much know. like professional wrestling, we decided to stay like um you know months to years behind a trend. Yes, um, and I think that's yep, very yep. on brand. We are a wrestling po- again. Well, like we mentioned earlier, and Chris knows this too. Uh, and you know, Chris, you know, started this podcast. So as Chris knows, like we invented podcasting. This is the first and only of wrestling course, podcast. Of uh, there's uh-huh. only been one. This is still the only one. So. Uh, <laughs> There are other podcasts. Uh, so we're, we're all on video. Chris, you look like you're in a hotel room. No, this is just my bedroom. It's just lighting and stuff. Oh. It's all sort of super <laughs> awkward. And all my nerd shit is on literally the other side of where the laptop normally oh, sits. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'll I would have give a proper view later. Well, you said you were traveling. So I, 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 I oh, no, I got sworn. back. Yes, I got back yesterday afternoon from that. Had a good time visiting a couple of friends in the D.C. area. Saw uh, uh, Fight Club Pro Wrestling over oh, yeah. in D.C. Yeah, a couple of good friends in the Brown. D.C. area, show. huh? Some yeah. friends like uh, Joseph Robinette Biden. Going no, not, a, going not of that kind. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Jack. Not really, but I, but I do know the king of that actual district, which happens to be O'Shea Edwards. So you know that sort of counts oh, as hey, uh, VIP uh, type person. That was Kamala Harris. So 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 Chris, you once again you miss me burying Kazuyuki Fujita. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of par for the course at this point. And um, <laughs> what me burying him? More... Or are you missing it? <laughs> both. <laughs> both. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway red dragon double cross the young bucks and uh now red dragon are booked for this pay-per-view match uh this brings out adam page who is uh not happy with red dragon and starts clubbing the shit out of them and uh the young bucks just kind of let him <laughs> yeah i mean this is kind of a continuation to you know when hangman won the title originally against kenny omega when they famously stepped back and said, you know, we're going to stay out of this one. And uh, it's nice to see kind of that callback to that. And then, you know, using that mixed in with their sort of uh, uh, distrust for Red Dragon and uh, distaste for them currently. So I thought all that was great. Chris. Yeah, for me specifically, I thought it worked in the perspective that it's Kyle O'Reilly doing sneaky stuff and doing it while sort of looking cool while doing it, which was nice. And along with that, obviously, uh, Adam Page. Uh, in general, I think AEW has somehow kind of found out how to book babyface champions to a certain extent. Let them be on TV and do cool shit, which, hey, turns well, out that works. Someone that's like uh, Adam Page, who 
it's very simple to understand uh, a character mm-hmm. like Adam Page because he's very relatable, right? And that's just all that you need him to do is go out there and be relatable to the audience. Yeah. Uh, John Silver, of course, helps beat up uh, Red Dragon. Then we get uh, story time with Adam Page, baby, where uh, Adam Page relates that Adam Cole was a world champion everywhere he went, <clears throat> except New Japan, motherfuckers. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Forbidden Door's closed there, right now, so, so I don't get worry it. about that. Don't worry about that, Forbidden Door. We're not going to open that one. Right yeah, the show. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a good little. Uh, you you had Bobby Fish yelling like a complete dork, like like the complete opposite of a hype man <laughs> during that. Yeah, he was he was yelling like he was in the middle of some sort of convoy full of truckers. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like he thought it was January 6th, 2021 as, all yeah, over yeah, again. Was, I mean, he, what? He was yelling as though he had to get over the noise of a bunch of horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You hate to see it. And then we go backstage and we have Brian Danielson, uh, where he's trying to recruit uh, Daniel Garcia for uh, Dragon Goon. And yeah, I, I like Dragon Goon. I was just going to go with Danielson Goon because I just thought let's keep it simple. But Dragon Goon's way more fun. I mean, it Dragon rolls Goon off. Works for me. It, yes. it rolls off the tongue. You know, it rolls yeah, off. Yeah, like Dragon Goon, that, that travels too. Like you could take Dragon Goon to other promotions and people be like, yeah. Dragon so, mm-hmm. so it would work. Whoa, hello. <laughs> the hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> uh oh. Have we lost uh, Paul? I'm here. Oh, you're here? No, okay. I'm, I'm Paul's been. Paul's been here the entire time. What are you Damn. talking about? Uh, Paul's not, but Paul's not here, man. Oh, you, oh, you missed that. Are you sure about that? <laughs> oh no, you missed that at the very beginning. Uh, Chris, so uh, I, I didn't get to, to ask this to you. Uh, did uh, did you see uh, Brian Danielson being the same as Naruki Doi this year? Yeah, it was not in my 2022 bingo card by any stretch of the imagination, but it works, and. <laughs> I'm fine with this idea of Brian Danielson running the gauntlet on the people that he wants to mentor at one point or another, because what does every good sensei do at one point or another? He teaches you certain lessons. It just so happens that Danielson is a very violent sensei akin to a certain special guest we had on last week's Dynamite, as a matter of fact. You know, strike hard, strike fast, no mercy. Right, that guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, Danielson definitely has very like, I know 578 moves. I will teach you 577. The last time I have to use on you energy. <laughs> nope. Very much so. Did you, did either of you ever see the movie, the art of self-defense? No, but mm-hmm. I, this is not my first time hearing. It about sounds it. familiar. Oh, it is. I haven't seen it. It, it, it is a, it, it is a very dark, but, but, but funny movie. It, it, I, I highly recommend it. There's, there is a secret karate move that, that we learn about in the movie. Uh-huh. Oh, this is okay. Yeah. No, no, I have seen this movie. I take this back. I take this back, Jeff. No, I have seen this movie. And I remember it having like a bunch of stuff in it that could be good, but the ending is just dog shit. That's oh, really? I love the ending. Like a bunch. I love the ending of that, is that movie. The one with the bad ending? Yeah, I remember this movie. Here's the thing: I I hate Jesse Eisenberg. That's what it really like. Uh, I yeah, don't yeah. like him mm-hmm. in anything. I just don't like him in anything. I've never liked him in anything. I just find him just repulsive as an actor. Just repulsive. I mean, I. I you know what? I thought he, I, I thought it worked for this movie. Honestly, I get it. I like, like you it. ever just hate an actor? Like you just you can't like. Do you have it? Does anyone have an actor they hate and like won't like anything that they're in ever? 
me, the guy who just went on about Kazuki Fujita and Jeff Jarrett. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Well, so I, I, mean, I knew the answer is that I, you could answer the wrestler question easily. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's Jesse Eisenberg, and it's usually Andrew Garfield, but I really like Under the Silver Lake, so I give him a pass on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what? Jared Leto, I think, is up there for me, honestly. Jared I, Leto also. Jared Leto annoying. can kiss it. my ass. He, he was like. Yeah, the, I think for, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, and uh, one of my favorite things about Jared Leto, um, he did that movie uh, Chapter Twenty Seven, where he played Mark David Chapman. Anyone see that? No, yes. I, I missed that one. Fortunately, okay. it's terrible, right? Yeah. Uh, so while he was, he went method, and like it's not totally method, but he gained a lot of like real weight to like make that movie, that dog shit movie. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was on tour with um, the audition. I happened. To, I went to high school with that uh, their band singer, and he was telling a friend of mine that Jared on tour, like, well, with Thirty Seconds to Mars, was just like eating Krispy Kreme donut boxes by the dozen and like melting ice cream and drinking it through a straw and shit, and just putting Good himself Lord. through physical torture and hell to be in this terrible movie with Lindsay Lohan. And I think that's awesome. And it's it's funny because of, out of all things Gerald Leto does, 30 Seconds to Mars is the only one I'm sort of willing to give him a pass on. And even yeah, that and, is and like that's for like maybe two and a half songs. Like that's yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much a full album's like, worth of a pass. The one the one album that they sort of did that was okay, and then everything else after is just mm. but that aside. That uh, aside, uh b- b- back to the show. Uh we didn't get, oh, yeah, uh, this is a wrestling podcast about wrestling, isn't it? That's right. The <laughs> wrestling podcast about wrestling. Uh. The first and only wrestling podcast about wrestling, I will remind Look you Look at all. that. We just reinvented wrestling podcasting. The Trailblazers continue. <laughs> You're welcome. We then get uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman coming out for a promo. Um, I got some thoughts on this promo. Uh, why don't I let Chris uh, run with this at first? Chris. Yeah, Chris, uh, take it away. Sure. I'll. Uh, Give this, and I think for me, this sort of works in the perspective that I am not a Maxwell Jacob Friedman fan by any stretch of the imagination on any facet. To me, that's a guy that in 2024, if you wanted to go to WWE, I would not mind him leaving by any stretch of the imagination. But I think really for the first time out of really any content that I've seen out of him, it felt uh, pretty believable, like heavy-handed stuff that worked for what it was. I think it was the complete opposite of what everyone in that crowd expected him to say or do. But I mean, there was a, po- a couple of points that were made by either the guys over a tiger driver uh, on Twitter and a couple of others basically saying that this is kind of the first time that we're seeing the CM Punk left and never came back for about 10 years arc to have some sort of a consequence to it. And this getting applied into Maxwell's sort of uh, origin story to an extent was not something I expected, but I really liked it. I'll admit that. So I'm actually fairly invested in seeing where this goes now. Uh, 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 Jeff, are you ready to offer your, your take that you had in the chamber here? Uh, yeah, I am. I actually, first of all, I, I, I really kind of pop for the, the, we got Jews in the house line. I, I kind of pop for that one. I, I have to say. <laughs> Shout out Jews. Woo. Jewish people exist. Woo. Uh, I, I am going to note that he has told that story before about the, the anti-Semitic abuse he got from his, uh, football teammates. Uh, so yes. yeah, he, he has told that before outside of a kayfabe context. So, um, 
So I mean, yeah. So it, it, I mean, for it to actually show up in a promo is, is one thing. I actually thought that this was an actual good promo, like a great promo. Now I know, Paul, you, you took me to task last week because I said that I thought last week was a good promo, even though MJF didn't say anything because he actually had to act. This time, it actually felt like he he it was heartfelt. And if it wasn't, then again, this was his acting chops coming through. Well, I mean, he could all, I think, I don't think what's, what blows my mind here is that both of you sound surprised that this was good, which uh, I think we should, we're already like really, really aware of what MJF is capable of. Now in this specific fashion, we haven't seen this from him yet. And I'm really glad. And I'll get to that in a second. I first have to say, Chris, you're so, so dead wrong about MJF. It's, outrageous almost how wrong you are about mjf and history will show you in about like three to seven years how wrong you are about mjf and i can't wait to talk to you when you tell me how wrong you are about mjf and i'm super excited for that conversation but so, so, so what exactly is he wrong goes. about paul that i your distaste for i mean you can say you don't like him but you also seem to think that he's not as good as he is like objective. in my opinion he's not it's you're as wrong. simple as that like you it's very wrong. much Oh, my perspective yeah, you're just matter. you're just dead wrong man and uh that what i really liked about um this promo is like we talked about this before jeff uh mjf is walking on the path of legends right like that's what he wants to do and that's what he wants like this arc like through his 20s and i think maybe he's through his early 30s to be mjf is like a guy who seems to have like the next like decade or so of his career planned out like even storyline wise right like you can kind of see where he's going with this and this feud has had it's like you know big hero versus big villain moments and it's really gotten him to that despicable like lowest lows and it's gotten cm punk to those highest highs but what do the best uh most iconic and like most memorable wrestling feuds really have they have gray areas maybe not through the whole thing maybe it's not like a what you'd consider like a tweener feud the whole time but there's always those moments where the crowd or the audience has to pick a side Right. It's not and not because one's good and one's bad, but because you've attached to this story or you've attached to that story. And they've kind of created this divide where, uh, you know, MJF, you want to still call him the bad guy. That's fine. You want to call CM Punk the good guy. That's fine. But now you have to kind of confront your own feelings with with why you kind of connected to what MJF had to say. And you got to go, well, you know, maybe I'm capable of being you know at my worst when i get treated badly too and maybe i you know don't manifest uh, uh the poor treatment i've received in my life in the best of ways either and now all of a sudden you're identifying with this guy this guy who minutes before this literal minutes before you were like shut the fuck up you're a despicable asshole you're the worst cm punk's the best guy you're the worst guy now you're thinking ah you know, maybe CM Punk isn't a great guy. I've heard some other stuff about him. You know, if you're a wrestling fan, you have to think about those things too. And now it's all kind of there. And like they talked about Piper and uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting really worried with this one, but I also like this really connected with me, right? I, Jeff Sant looks like he has something to say, so I'll stop. Well, yeah. Okay. So, you know, the, 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 they've always said that, you know, and, and Mick Foley said this in his book too, but it, it is a, a, a very good storytelling uh, thing is that the best villains always think that they're justified in what they do. Yes. So now we finally have the justification for what he's doing with CM Punk. 
Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the, the, his justification to this point has always been, well, I'm doing it because I'm fucking better than you and I can. And that really works for that specific character and the emotions that he wants to get out of you, which is you're a prick. Screw you. What do you mean you're better? Why? Why? Because you said so? You're a prick. Like, no. But yeah, having this motivation behind it gives it a different layer and gives you something else to think about uh, as the audience, right? Well, I, I, and something else to consider when you examine the relationship between these two people. Well, I definitely am invested in this feud now because before I was not beyond I think you were, superficially. I think you were bought in a few weeks before this. Like you probably, I, I feel like in talking to you week to week on this, I feel like you bought in about three or four weeks ago. You think so? I think huh? you've been in. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. in. You're gonna be like Chris Jericho I don't and play think this armchair was the psychologist here, here and and <laughs> no, but I literally <laughs> talk to you about this show every single week right after it happens. Yeah. So like, my, my well, chair does have Well, most weeks anyway. <laughs> most weeks. I mean, I, I I bought into the whole dog collar match aspect. I thought I, I like that, but you know, the you actual dog feud dog itself. Yeah. No, I was not bought into that. Now I think I am. You know, all right. I think I am. All so. right. And then uh, we get uh, Excalibur going to a Kings of the Black Throne promo. Oh, wait, no, there's commercials instead. Uh, did anyone else catch that? Or Chris, I know you watched the the illegal fight feed. Did they actually go to a Kings illegal of the Black fight feed? <laughs> did, did they actually it's go eight. to the? Uh... You got to watch the American feed on TBS. <laughs> it's the super yeah, station. Usually... More, more often than not, like when they go to commercials like that, they just do the uh, dynamite background on the fight side of the spectrum. They only don't cut away when it's actual like matches and stuff. Okay, going because on there. yeah, Excalibur said that there was going to be a King Kings of the Black Throne promo, and then it cut right to commercial. Like I think yeah, they actually cut Excalibur off during it. Oops. Well, it's because Malachi had already been talking off camera for about a half hour and just no one let him know. It just he kind of ran out of steam. Uh, he was just, well. during the since no, like since they went live, he was just backstage, but during the battle royal, just like talking, like just like pontificating into a camera. Oh, Mr. Mm -hmm. Black, I gotta mop this floor here. <laughs> no, hold on, I wasn't finished. No, you understand. You come to the house of, of the Black Throne. <laughs> You know, I I noticed there were some uh, audio issues. I can't think so. of any big words to say for Malachi because I'm really high. There, there, there was, <laughs> you know, oh, look, uh, yeah, you, you you ain't hiding shit, buddy. Remember, I've never been you're high on, once you, in my life. You, you, you're on video now, buddy. Um, uh, and now I completely forgot what I was gonna say. Fuck. Well, when we, we go come from commercials over to Jeff's not here to, to to Daniel Garcia and 2.0 talking some shit. And then we go right into our second match of the evening in which the aforementioned Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King versus El Triangulo de la Muerte. Uh, Mr. Master well, himself. That's a cute angle whenever that one of them is missing, yeah. right? Which, is, missing which has been, side, which has been the... most of their history, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's a cute angle. Yeah, and they do have – I mean, it's Death Bermuda Triangle at that point. And then not only do we have Mr. Bastard, but we have Penta Oscura. <laughs> and a lot of people, uh, if you don't, habla espanol, that uh, means spooky Penta. That's right. Penta <laughs> which – Hey, again, got to respect Tony Khan's uh, commitment uh, to wanting to do every Lucha Underground like, aspect at some point in shape and form, which, and hey, fair. You know what, Chris? He's right. He's right to do that. He is, he is 100% He's right to do correct. that. Um, he needs to hire Jeff Cobb, put him in the Matanza suit, and uh, let's just make this whole thing happen. He had, Jeff MLW, he, he had Jeff Cobb on a one-night deal, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. 
Unfortunately, uh, Dario Cueto is over at MLW. They got him. But I'm sure once his checks don't clear, they'll ha- he'll have some options. So. That won't take long. Yeah, that will I'm not take saying, long. The guy's like a real actor, man. If he doesn't get his money on time, he's out of here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I, he's got it. He, he actually, as someone is, who is in a union of some kind, he actually yeah, knows really. how this, this is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, are, are we, yeah, um, are we, are we going to be, are we going to be like Cubs and catch the block from MLW now? <laughs> Whatever. I've already got him. I've already got him muted anyways. Uh, So before we move on, Jeff, because we're talking about unions, did you guys see what Freddie Prinze Jr. had to say about him starting a wrestling company? Oh, I did (laughs) see that. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I thought it was really interesting. He was saying like he wants it to be like his kind of retirement project. He's working right now to save up enough money so he could uh, operate at a loss for two years, which is smart. So it seems like he's already got his head on this. And he wants to start his own indie wrestling promotion and he wants to get everybody health insurance and he wants to get on a small network and he wants to everyone to be SAG members uh, that, that works on the show. That's actually and, a uh, smart perspective just to kind of put him under the SAG portion altogether. And yeah, that no, that's, sort of I mean, TV that's deal like that. If you kind of do get it. wrestlers to join SAG, that could open up, you know, for a lot of other wrestlers to see that. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, that could be very interesting. So uh, something just to you know, keep an eye on freddie prince jr to uh save pro wrestling well we're we're, we're gonna see how that works because i've seen how that's going in comic books right now with the uh, image you know the uh, the office workers for image forming a union and uh yeah it, 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 image comics are not reacting kindly to it so you know it, does freddie prince jr your own image comics no, he, he does not. But you know what? Uh, you know what? He, uh, he, 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 uh? he 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 was uh, he was referenced as a character in uh, during uh, the first run of the Ultimates, though. He's written comics and shit, right? Like he's a comics guy. He gets into comics, right? Uh, I, mean, I don't he, think he. I'm not sure I'm, if he's written anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's interacted with it. And in well, some I know he's a big comics guy because uh, Lexi Alexander told a story about when she was uh, casting for Punisher Warzone, uh, mm-hmm. Freddie. Prince Jr. came in and read for Jigsaw oh, and blew it out of the water. Oh, wow. And was like, she he was apparently so good that she wanted to hire him on the spot. And the studio was like, no, you can't hire him. He was just like brought in to drive somebody's price down or some shit, right? He was like one of those weird Hollywood things where like Ooh. he was brought in to read with no chance of actually getting the job and the studio having no plans to actually hire him. But I guess he just crushed the audition. Did didn't he actually uh wasn't he actually a writer for WWE at one point? Yes. Yeah. That's I, I, that was not following yeah, wrestling at the crazy. time. So that was that was a, that was a thing that he did for a little while there. But oh, kind of going back into it. Speaking of people who are very much like comic book characters and like Mortal Kombat characters, Pentagon Oscuro, Pentagon Dark. Uh, Alex Abrahantes just... might be even more of a comic book character. Than uh, I know. Alex right? Abrahantes, the vampiro cosplay yeah. hero. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky <laughs> Alex was really doing work there. Uh, he no, was sort he... of in that vampiro type role, yeah. He was like yeah. even in the uh, he had the, he had the evil fit priest and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my Pretty god! Much. Uh, and, uh, not a super and, and long I mean, match, but uh, uh, fun. It was just good to see Penta be doing this this thing. I love Mike, the gear. The gear Mike awesome. the Rock Davis deciding that you know w- people w- had w- problems w- <laughs> and just beating motherfuckers with motherfuckers. Just um, fun to see it. That's what Brody king is best at. Oh my goodness yeah. gracious. This I think match Brody ruled. and AEW has been a uh, a home run. Like mm-hmm. AEW is getting bigger and they've needed to. Like we've talked about that. Like Jeff, you know, you and I have, over the last, for quite a while, I've been talking about like AEW, like 
needing that size element to uh, like really round them out and like make right. them, you know look more complete. And like between what we're seeing here, uh, the all, almost all beef ladder match coming up, yeah, uh, this they've really addressed the size thing. They've gotten bigger, and that's like important. You need big dudes. Mm -hmm. You gotta have it. And I think the bigger thing too is that now that you know the company is about three years in at this point too, and you're seeing a couple of the deals that are eventually going to expire. There are some people that are, you know, not going to see probably contract renewals and pay. Unfortunately, that's life sometimes on that regard. But I do think that now this is sort of the roster that if Tony Khan had a chance to build this roster three years ago, he probably would be doing the exact same thing he's doing now rather than a couple of signees that he had at the time itself, which means maybe some people might get cut out of that deal entirely or, you know, just not get as much involvement, whatever it yeah, is. I but I think a lot of these people that are here now have had yeah. their names circled on a big board, you know, yeah. since I, 2018. I 100% believe that as well. Yeah. Tony Khan Definitely seems to be so. a very, uh, for all of his faults, I think patient and opportunistic are two things I could use to describe Tony Khan. Like he does seem to know like when to take his opportunities and he uh, has jumped at things like when they've come to him. And apparently he's working on something else huge that he's, uh, we, had, we didn't talk about that at the top here either, Jeff. That uh, Just, Tony Khan he's under NDA, he made another apparently. announcement that there's an announcement in the works to be announced. Mm -hmm. The, 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 announce the announcement of the announcements. Announcement, announcements. Uh, speaking yep. of announcements, <laughs> on Twitter with what Tony is this a Seinfeld like, joke? Uh, I'm working on a huge thing. A lot of people think he might have bought Ring of Honor or is buying Ring of Honor. Uh, okay, so okay, so I I've just been made aware of something here. Uh, speaking of announcements, what the fuck is control your narrative? Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Me and Chris both. <laughs> the fact that Paul and I's immediate reaction is the same. Oh, this is the best. Oh, oh, the Chris, you want to go ahead? You, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. You're our guest. Please, please enlighten <sighs> Jeff. Please control, control your uh, Jeff's narrative. Really. Yeah, please um, control my narrative here. <laughs> let me just do this in the best possible bridge way possible. What's up, Ma? You trying to get your Don't, narrative controlled? Don't be surprised if this is a wrestling company that in three months' time ends up being shown on Fox News and has InfoWars as one of their main sponsors. That's how bad this shit is. Who the oh, hell is, who, is getting in would be pretty fun, though. Who the hell oh, is let's behind see, this? Let's, Alex Jones BC3, was meant to be a wrestling character. Flip Gordon, so. uh, Adam Scher, a.k.a. Braun Strowman, uh, Jackson Riker, he's showing up there, too. But, but Riker, okay, every, I know I heard Wesley Riker. Blake was going to be there, so I was wondering if Jackson yep. Riker was going to be but there. I can't, but uh, who is yeah. behind it is what I'm asking. Uh, uh, that's the Ethan thing. Carter. They have no, they have no <laughs> masters, if you will. Yeah, it's they're they're supposed to be like a share thing, but it's like it's it's EC three and it's Austin Aries and it's like those guys. It's basically every alt right douche geek on the face of the I'm planet. I'm guessing they probably got some like uh, they got probably got some weird crypto money by from some like rich. Oh, like, I wouldn't Reddit be surprised. Guy, yeah, like mm -hmm. yeah, like some rich right wing loser who like it's a money. There's like some sort of goofy ass money mark behind this. I'm sure it's right? a pump. It's a pump and duck scheme at this point, which hey. Can't wait to see how that one falls uh, hey, out by hey, like look, when they July. drop this control your narrative NFTs, you know that's gonna be fire. Oh yeah, okay. no, that's well, well, totally happening. So back back to actual good wrestling. Wet pennies um, NFT. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I'm just saying, if there's a company that probably gives Marty Marty Skrull his first North American booking, however many years, that one's probably it. Just saying, it's gonna be terrible when it happens, but. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, I, Truth Martini is already hosting Michael Elgin, so you know. 
There you go. Just saw Truth Martini at GCW in uh, January, too. It's disappointing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, that's right, because it was in uh, Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, This match, it ruled. And uh, Malachi Black choked on his own Black Mist, and uh, Penta a, gets yeah, a roll-up like win. Fun, it was like a fun, shorter match with an interesting ending. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Malachi choking on his own goo and, like, getting that roll-up was an unexpected abrupt but well done like i know a lot of times when they these finishes happen like this they can feel like almost like they're from a different match or from a different place and like they kind of took you out of the flow of where it was going this was done really well i thought uh, and it worked mm-hmm. for me i think maybe because i was just in the moment of and like you know penta scudo could probably do no wrong but i thought this was great i think it also protects everybody involved as well too for the eventual blow off which we can touch into it now because Lights did go off at a certain point after this match and uh yoked to the fucking gills. Buddy Matthews is here now. Buddy and is huge. Talk about yo. talk about controlling. He was controlling his narrative. He was consoling his narrative. Dude is Whoa. massive. So, uh, 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 his muscles uh, uh, look, have muscles. He look, looks like a conf- looks inflated. Confirm- like he looks like an inflated balloon man. Oh yeah, and I can confirm for Bola. Man is 100 percent like yoked on something. And you know what? Good for you. You had to stay at like 205 for like two plus years. Just gas up, bro. At this Listen, point. Gas, gas if you're a wrestler and you feel, you know, safe doing it or like you don't mind the uh, the, the, the potential the side, side effects, effects uh, fucking gas up, man. <laughs> gas up. Get yoked. It's cool. People will think you're awesome. Ooh. It is what it is. Uh, all I can say is uh, you'll hit baseballs really far and uh, be really popular in the 1990s. All I can say is uh, Ray Phoenix needs to uh, heal up here. Yeah, well, he's a few weeks away, I think, right? Because you watch Raider Reyes, and he cut a promo on that show, correct? He he got the mic on that. He did, yeah. It, it was it was prelude to introducing uh, Taya Valkyrie, of course. Okay. But... He wasn't in a sling or like showing anything, right? He was he like he was not in a sling, and he was for... and he was part of a post match angle where uh, the security was not letting him go rescue uh, Penta from getting the shit beat out of him by uh, the by the Munoz brothers. But um, okay, so we're gonna we're getting close. I had heard somewhere around a week ago that he was about a month away. So yeah, well, I would say we're probably it three just to four yeah. Weeks I wouldn't. Su- it would not surprise me if it's soon. Just on the basis that the fact that it is this soon again is just proving that the man is a literal freak of nature because he absolutely is. <laughs> never in a million years did I think that what happened to him all those weeks back with that table that he would be back by like the What's end of this year. What's a miracle that injury wasn't worse than it looked. Yeah. It, oh yeah. It just 100%. Like a simple, like a, I guess you could even say like a simple dislocation doesn't really do it justice. Cause it looked no. absolutely outrageous. Oh God, it like, looked, it looked career ending. The fact that it was yeah. like a relatively uh, mild injury comparatively to, uh, to what you saw um, a miracle in and of itself. After that, we get, a Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Chris, oh, you got to say the DMD with uh, us. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, next Chris, time. Next time. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Chris wasn't here for that one. So, uh, DMD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a little uh, teaser video uh, recapping their feud as that uh, match heads to a revolution. And then we get another. Excellent promo for the evening. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho talking some shit. First of all, can we talk Eddie Kingston's public enemy shirt? Because that thing was fly. His his shirt game has been very strong. No different. Again, he still dresses like me in, you know, like 
early to late middle school, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> it's a good look. Awesome. He's the king. He makes it work. It, it, it's fine. Um, instead of it's... instead of rosaries, I was wearing like the kind of silver jewelry you'd get from a mall kiosk. But uh, other than that, so same you, outfit. Paul, Paul, you're basically telling on yourself and telling us that you're basically your Def Jam fight for New York, like create a character. Yes, but as like a 12 year old suburban white kid. There you go. Yeah, as exactly. I looked. Mm-hmm. So what I'm telling you is I looked awesome. Uh, yeah. There were so many good one-liners in this promo, and, and even and even Jericho had uh, ha- had a good one uh, with the what's his name drop. But no, and uh, I thought Jericho brought it home really strong. Like when he got to the point where he when he was like, uh, "I'm the big name here," like right, "I'm the big deal." It's not mm-hmm. any of these other guys. It's me. Like he really that chest, and like that was the kind of Jericho. And like when Eddie Kingston said, "Like that's the Chris Jericho he wants." That's the Chris Jericho. That's the one, but also, uh, yeah, it definitely. F- oh, go ahead. No, yeah, uh, I agree with Paul on the fact that the finish was very strong on Jericho's end of the spectrum, but I think getting there was sort of the kind of points that we saw a lot of during the Punk and Kingston feud, just done without as much of the pizzazz and sort of the personal bubbles getting bursted in hatred that was there with it. But kind of get what it was going for. I just don't think it landed as much as if somebody else had done that with Eddie's side of the spectrum. And again, Eddie's one-liners throughout the course of the night were just great. From being overall dismissive of Jericho's entire existence by just telling uh, the folks on the back to bring out Statlander and Willow Nightingale, which, fantastic shout-out, by the way. Uh, Which, by the way, if they would have just... And the promos were very good, and it was a nice segment and everything, but if they would have just stopped right there and gave me a Statlander-Willow Nightingale match, it's fine. No complaints. I know. I would have been great with that. Yeah, But, you know, there there was also... We had another great quotable from Eddie Kingston when he was talking about, this is wrestling, not sports entertainment. If you want sports entertainment, my man, go down the block. (laughs) Take that shit up the street. Oh, Uh, my God. But uh, you know, I, I thought I thought Chris using that and using their proximity to Stanford was uh, was a nice device. And him saying, "Yeah, I'll sports entertain you a little." And like I thought, the thing about Chris Jericho, what was the best part here is like he was a perfect foil to Eddie Kingston. Whether or not he was a little bit bumpy here and there, this is the kind of personality that opposes someone like Eddie Kingston so perfectly here, right? And mm-hmm. really kind of accentuates all the things that we like about Eddie Kingston when you have someone like this Chris Jericho across from him that just as much as, and and even Chris Jericho fans, this Chris Jericho just rubs you the wrong way. Right. Like this Chris Jericho is just like this fucking guy, you know, Yeah. especially like, and you, and you really do feel like he's sort of holding Eddie Kingston back almost. And he keeps, while he's being duplicitous and talking about, Oh, well, I'm the one that's going to make you famous, right? Like, I'm the one that's going to give you this rub. And I'm, but you're looking, he doesn't need the rub from you. He's fucking Eddie Kingston. Shut the fuck up, Chris. Like, that mm-hmm. works for me. Like, that's that, like, as a fan, like, that's what's going to get me to react emotionally, like, in this day and age of wrestling, right? Like, when we're past mm-hmm. traditional kayfabe and that kind of stuff, like, this is the kind of stuff that you can really bite into and go, just, mm, you know? You know, um, all I could say is, is you know, once again, I am invested in this in this match now that I may not have been before beyond just the cursory. Oh yeah, Eddie Kingston, you know. But well, I will say yeah. this: I'm I'm also very much invested in Chris Jericho, and that's just because I bought a Painmaker NFT. Oh, oh. Well, I okay. mean, that is a literal investment being made exactly. in that situation. Exactly. 
Uh, investment in so what we don't know, from. but <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Uh, but also, <laughs> lastly, the, another reason why Eddie King. I took the loan out in your name, Jeff. Anyways, can you can continue? Oh well, then you you probably will be getting denied any minute now. Just tr trust me on this Lord. one. Trust me on this one. <laughs> um, yeah, kids, don't don't identity steal me. You won't get anything. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the the best part is is we got. A Ganitro Tenru name drop on on AEW sure, television. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty convinced that you only invited Chris on this episode of the podcast so you could make all the Japan references that I don't know and have them. No, technically, invited. I invited myself into yeah, it. He, Jeff is just <laughs> taking the opportunity to do these when he has the chance. Chris invited himself because he heard, like, he could, like, telepathically hear Jeff making Japan references <laughs> that were, like, falling on deaf ears. Like, shit, he needs me. It's like a signal that goes up in the air, like Batman. Yeah, but listen, Paul, somebody, somebody has to bring this ba back around when he goes on the Kazuyuki Fujita rant. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, a, val a valid like, one, mind you. Like the, you're but... like the Japanese reference Candyman. Like uh, uh, Jeff right. makes three Japanese references into the Zoom mirror, and you just like appear. Hi, hello, I'm here. <laughs> okay, it's like, it, what, what is this? What is what is this? Our like uh, unstarted Dragon Gate podcast is finally happening at this point. Not that there needs to be one, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think there is another Dragon Gate podcast out there, and they're doing well, just there fine. Are. They're, they're, there's multiple. Yeah. I don't think that we need another one. Shout I mean, out anyone I'm, doing a Dragon Gate podcast. That's right. Uh, also, Paul, I'm just going to point out that we we have name-dropped Alan Moore multiple times, and uh, Grant Morrison has yet to appear. So, <laughs> so you that, know. Well, we'll keep working on it. <laughs> we'll keep we just have to try a different one. <laughs> It'll happen at some point, probably uh, when you least expect it. We then get a uh, an Andrade Hardy family office promo where, uh, yeah, some shit happened. That, uh, just put the belt on Andrade already, and, so, and let's be done. You know with what's this funny shit. though? They had some really interesting story development for this stuff on Dark Elevation this week. They should have swapped what mm -hmm. happened with them this week with what they did on Monday. Yeah, that, I agree. Did you see that too, Chris? I did. I did catch it, and I thought I was a big fan of the fact that it's they're kind of showing that Matt is becoming the disinvested guy who is not investing in his people unless they're like wedding matches. Meanwhile, Andrade is sort of picking up the slack, actually playing yeah, like well, the Andrade's good boss like that side of the spectrum. Sort of, yeah, boss that that Matt Hardy was. So since you didn't see it, Jeff, they had a ten man tag. And you know how Matt Hardy has been stealing like pins from Isaiah Cassidy for a long time. Like anytime Isaiah has yeah. someone finished, Matt would tag himself in. Andrade had someone finished and he tagged Isaiah in to take the pin. And then everyone hoisted Isaiah up on their shoulders while Matt Hardy walked out from the entrance and watched on. Yep. And uh, that was really interesting. Like they could have done that here on Wednesday and everyone would have, it would have been the kind of story progression that everyone kind of needed to see to like, see like be intrigued in this uh this ahf yeah. sort of debacle that we're at at this point i, um, I think rather than the promo we had this ten, like a quicker version of that 10 men would have worked for me pretty absolutely. well in that regard and again or it, it kind of shows tag the match right or like a six it could have yeah. been a six man you get private party and andrade mm -hmm. against three other or against the ass boys and, and billy he could have there you go right? yeah it's one of the circumstances in which to Kind of shows again that Andrade kind of has experience of being a patriarch of an entire stable. You know, mm -hmm. kind of made his name on that. Mm -hmm. I love the way he extent. carries, like the, the way he's carrying himself, like with uh, like a uh, a CEO's sort of diabolical mm -hmm. confidence. 
I, I really respect. It. I think that's so great about this. Yeah, character. but like, yeah, really but this stable has... will never be anywhere near as cool as the the stable that uh, the unnamed stable that Chris is referencing. <laughs> I mean, hey, that we're not saying that, but in general, we're just saying he's a good patriarch. And that's yeah, and, uh, the and, good and sign the of a leader. He's kind of like, uh, I mean, it is uh, sort of like a novella villain, though, right? Like he really is. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's sort of cartoonish about it, like uh, obviously very like uh, Robert Rodriguez inspired, sort of the whole thing. And I was thinking about that like down to his music. And I don't know if Ruckus has said this or not, but his music is very much like Robert Rodriguez villain music. It's a very like desperado esque yes. uh, kind it's of desperado like desperado. It, it's yeah. it's, <coughs> it's something you could honestly see. Is that exactly El Mariachi, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico? You could easily see like Chingon playing him to the mm-hmm. ring one of these days, which would be something else for sure. But I guess the main point to make as well in this too is that you're kind of seeing seeds for some sort of a dissension down the line. I mean, don't be too surprised if it just becomes the AFO at some point or another without the little That's what I think would happen. I think, this, I think we're going to go for a major split and some people are going to get kicked out and it's going to be like a thinner herd with, with Andrade at the helm. Yeah. I think this is all leading to spinning out Matt Hardy so he can be ready for his brother to come back. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's already the 10 o'clock hours as we record this and we haven't even gotten to the third match, <laughs> which was a face of the revolution qualifier. Uh, Ricky Starks versus number 10 of the dark order. Uh, Taz joining on commentary uh quick match unfortunately it was a picture in picture job again and uh yeah uh, the only thing I, I have a lot to say about this match is while i'm very excited that ricky starks and will hobbs are going to be in that ladder match together i think that's very compelling and i think there's a lot you can do with that i was sort of hoping that by the grace of god 10 would win so we could continue yeah. the all beef the hoss off yeah i yeah. just wanted that the all beef be ladder my, match. that was that's really that, what it comes down yeah to. that was my uh that was my uh comment we too. all just want those big beefy boys yeah. L- listen uh, i am 100 for the fact that ricky starks deserves something big at this pay-per-view but we need to find a way of getting Ted in there. If it's like a last chance battle Royale for the final spot on the ladder match, whatever it is you have to do, give us the like 87% beef in this ladder match yeah, with one or two small guys, guys to throw around. Like, and here's the thing, like Ricky Starks, isn't going to win this match. Like he's not going to win it. He's, he's not going to, cause I think whoever wins this challenges for, and possibly wins the TNT championship. Yeah. Right? So, I believe that is the gist of it there. So right now, See, it feels like this is the match made for Keith Lee to win, right? So, True. Well, you know, I think just making it all big, guys, just for for the for the hell of it, for the fun of it, would have been a good way to go. I hear you. Yeah, that's fair. We then get a especially. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was about to say, especially if you still decided to play into like Dante Martin's beef with the good old team task portion, and he decides to pop in and say a little hi to Starks. Yeah, well, Dante, you know, Dante lost that qualifying match to Hobbs, so he's got to still got yeah. some access to grind and bones. To yeah, play. there's they're still going to continue sure. that feud. So, uh, we then get a uh, a super click promo, and you know I can't help thinking that they're starting to maybe tread water a little bit now because I think maybe they thought Kenny Omega was going to be back by now, and you he, think so? I don't think so. I think, and... I think we're on track here because I don't think we're going to blow this thing up until after the title match at Revolution. So yeah, I think we're kind of paced out. Like I, I think we're actually doing a really good job. This one I enjoyed. I sort of like the uh, Red Dragon calling Brandon some other name bit. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just subtly like calling him other things. Um, 
Adam Cole like being torn and being kind of pulled in these directions, like to, for him to take away his focus enough to lose this match against Hangman Page and leading to well, what's he going to do about it sort of thing. I think this is the most interesting the Elite's been in fucking a long time. It's it's definitely thrown things for a loop. And I think the other low-key thing that I have kind of liked that they've been doing on this is the fact that they're kind of showing that Kenny Omega actually might be the glue to this whole thing after all. Mm, and without him, you kind of see a lot of chaos and things getting pulled in different directions. Jay White shows up out of nowhere. I mean, it's chaos out here, fellas. Not well, the no, faction. That's, that, that's just the say, not, not totally. Not totally. Only some of chaos has showed up so far. Yeah. We're still waiting. We're still in Japan. Yeah. We're still waiting for <laughs> uh, Toriano and, and, oh, yeah, that Okada guy. We're, we're waiting for oh, that guy to show up. <laughs> Uh, our fourth match of the evening for the TBS championship, Jade Cargill versus Allie the Bunny. Um, match was decent. I, I like that they're actually stretching uh, Jade a little Jade's bit now. Little match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That belt has to be damaged now after that that belt clash with the the the, the knuckle duster. I guess we'll see. And I think, you know what? Jade can damage however many belts she wants. She can do whatever the hell she wants. No, this, this is was, um, I was excited about this match because Allie offers her a different type of opponent than she's had mm-hmm. so far, especially in this title run. Most experienced and, uh, you know, a different style of wrestler, very story-focused wrestler, um, but also someone who's like, a really, really good heel, like someone who's a really good yeah. working. Like so, so for Jade to get to like work a little more baby face in this match was a little bit. It was interesting, um, mm-hmm. and I love the uh, dueling dirty shit, the the knuckles versus belt spot at Fantastic. the end there, and the dueling asshole. Like it's hard to do a heel versus heel match, and this is about the best way to execute it. Mm-hmm. Right, like this is like a really di- and then, like Jade's not even a traditional heel. Like she sort of presents herself that way, but the crowd loves her too much, right? Like there's just no mm-hmm. nothing you can do about that. Uh, but no, I thought uh, that was well done. Another decent notch in uh, her belt, and more importantly, we set up her her next match, which I'm very excited about. Oh yes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Ty Conti comes out to uh, to challenge. Uh, I love their face to face, like Ty running into the ring and just like getting right up to her chest, and just them getting and Jade kisses Ty's forehead. Just incredible stuff. Oh yeah, no, that but- was great. I'm really looking forward to this program again. Another another very different look for Jade, uh, and mm-hmm. this is going to test. Uh, I mean, both of them out because I think a, a, a way different opponent than Ty's had too. But yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna see if Jade can wrestle. Uh, this is gonna be an, a, a little check in on her on her wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then go backstage with Keith Lee and uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs uh, show up and kind of take the piss out of Keith Lee and his uh, promo style. <laughs> Lee and Starks do have a little bit of history there. They're both sir. good old Texas boy territory boys there. Ricky's impression of Starks' voice was pretty phenomenal as well, too, in its own right there. Yeah. And salutations. Yeah, so that 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 was uh that was some good stuff. Uh and Keith Lee like looking like uh like legit, like a little bit miffed at Ricky Starks messing with him, like on that camera shot at the end. I thought like Keith Lee is a good actor too. Like, despite how corny he is, he is a good actor as well when he gets a chance to show it off. Um, and like, I, I do have some misgivings about Keith Lee's like goofy corniness, but as soon as the fucking bell rings, it all goes away. So just do whatever with Keith Lee. Let him wrestle. Oh, yeah. Speaking of uh, wrestling, 
our main event of the evening, uh, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Um, this is wrestling. You want to talk about wrestling? If, if you would like, to, if, if you wanted to find wrestling, you could just show somebody this match. Uh, this was wrestling. This was a wrestling contest, and uh, this it was certainly a, was a contest of wrestlers who wrestled each other. Yes, it, it was. Uh, Chris, did, did you see this wrestling contest? Indeed. Uh, I did see what the kids called the graphs, and the graphs was very, very good. There there were some graphins, happens, and uh, that's <laughs> some grapple fucking at that, you might argue. Fuck. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Uh, uh, Daniel Garcia did one of my favorite moves. This low key, something I, I think about the um, the the smacking the knee against the ring pole is mm-hmm. a move that like all like I'm sure doesn't hurt and like really isn't that big of a deal, but always looks gnarly, right? Yeah, like, just it move. looks just, it, oh, it made me think of every time uh, uh, Bret Hart doing the ring post figure four, one of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, outside the ropes type of moves. But look, just like that, that like joint manipulation, like working those those spots, and then like uh, those rolls into the leg locks and knee bars and stuff on the mat were great. And um, detail I really loved about this match: Brian Danielson making the adjustment of using his aerial arsenal against a mat wrestler and Daniel Garcia. Yep. He used all of his top rope stuff. Uh, you know, he tried to get up and do more aerial maneuvers. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Uh- this match was great. The crowd sucked in this match. And uh, my, my our, our dude, Lawrence, was there trying to get people riled up, telling people to wake Lawrence the fuck up. Lawrence was the only person in the crowd uh, doing the right, whatever was supposed to be happening. Whether you were mm-hmm. cheering or booing at the right time, Lawrence did it. So shout out, Lawrence. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad he at least got to see this match in person. I was not paying was attention very, to the very crowd because I was just, like, watching wrestling and going, hey, <laughs> this is Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Brian's uh, recent finisher here. He did the same thing to Lee Moriarty, uh, using the strikes to knock your opponent out before you even get into the triangle so that they're out by the time you're locked in. I think that's great. That And again, just double biceps like a douchebag every time. Like, the American Dragon is back, baby. He's I so love it. Awesome. He's the it's best so wrestler great. in the world, you guys. He really is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's what... The, uh, the arguments are getting thinner and thinner by each and every week. And the things that, I mean, imagine like if you're Lee Moriarty, you're Daniel Garcia, like even if you're not, even if this doesn't lead to joining the potential dragon goon, the things you've learned from these matches easily, right? Like, like the tape you have now on your match with Brian Danielson, like what Brian is providing, not just to us, but to the roster right now, it's just mm-hmm. invaluable for years to come. Oh, and also he's coaching Jade Cargill. So, well, there you yeah. have it. Once again, I just need Danielson at one point to have that eureka moment to show Jade Cargill Takeshi Morishima matches I mean, for like three weeks yeah, straight. I'd be surprised if he isn't already. Like, I can only imagine the kind of like if if like you get like match recommendations from Danielson, I, you know he's going to give you the fire. He's going to like go yeah. into his own like he's probably got like a collection of laser discs. He's got like old wrestling laser probably. discs. He can he converted it from VHS to laser disc in like 2014. Mm-hmm. Good times. Uh, Brian Danielson does get the win as he tries to big up Daniel Garcia. 2.0 attacks him. Uh, this brings out one Jonathan Moxley. Moxley. And me, excellent. Yeah, Jonathan Moxley uh, beats the shit out of everybody. Brian Danielson accepts Mox's challenge for a match at Revolution, claiming that only one guy will be bleeding in this match. So, so 
we booked four revolution matches on this show. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Right. Three or four at minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This was an eventful episode of dynamite. Mm-hmm. It, it, it kind of was once one small touch that I'm going to touch on, on this final portion of the post main event and whatnot. The thing I still love is just a consistency that, 2.0 and Garcia have no love lost for Moxley and vice versa, and they will take opportunities to just beat the crap out of each other at any given chance. And then Brian's little touch with stopping the chair shot from Garcia before Garcia turned into a Death Rider paradigm shift, whichever you want to call it, and yeah. having that initial stare off. And plus Brian's line of, I don't need this, the chair in this case, to make you bleed kind of thing on top yeah. of it as well. Oh, That's yeah. Great. I, I, this match is going to be a fucking war. I'm very excited. Oh, I, I am very much looking forward to this. So, And with that, we end this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. Uh, we're kind of over time here. So, uh, Chris, thanks for joining us on the fly. Go ahead. Plug it yourself. Oh, uh, simple enough. You can go over on Twitter. Find me at Brazilian Fury with the S instead of a Z on Brazil. The right spelling, can, the proper spelling. Indeed, indeed. You can also find my other podcast, which I haven't touched in a while, but Jordan and I will eventually get to it at some point. Uh, Soundtracks on the Sticks. That sounds on Sticks on Twitter. You can find that feed over on the Night of the Living Geeks podcast network. Paul. You can follow me on Twitter at Cool Step Uncle at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Flair. And of course, twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. You can find me every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time for First Contact. It's the Wrestling Brain Morning Show. Uh, do that. Uh, okay. Uh, I think you're missing something here, but. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. This, well, I mean, this is the podcast you're listening to, but also follow up this one on Twitter at BGTD Podcast. Right, and then the other thing you you, you kind of forgot to to let anybody who maybe doesn't know about uh, <clears throat> the other thing on Wrestling Brain. What other thing on Wrestling Brain? The thing you were doing when you started oh, on Wrestling I've... Brain. Oh wait, did I not talk about that? Did I talk about that last week? I, I kind of made a, a snarky allusion to it, but you oh, but you didn't well, actually no. talk about it. No. <laughs> oh, no more Friday streams. Uh, yeah, we. I used to do. I at one point was doing the Rampage uh, post show. Uh, for Wrestling Brain, uh, my co-host Nick no longer uh, working with us for right now at Wrestling Brain, so uh, we won't be doing those streams anymore, unfortunately. Uh, but look out for ra- uh, Rampage coverage there in some form or fashion. Uh, so stay tuned. Follow twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain and follow Twitter uh, at Wrestling underscore Brain for updates. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Eventually I'm going to do that merge I keep talking about. Uh, you can read my blog at strongstylestory.tumblr.com because I'm, I'm writing a lot there lately um, about a whole lot of things. Uh, I don't have anything else really to plug except uh, R.I.P. Mark Lanigan. Uh, that was a bit of a shocker yesterday to, to find that one out. So, uh, so uh, yeah, I, 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 I did like them screaming trees. So, you know, it was a bit of a shock. So, Any last words from either of you two? Uh, war seems bad. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, anybody who may happen to listen that is is personally affected by this, uh, be safe. And uh, yeah, fight war. And, and hey, if you're if you're if you're out there, and you're thinking about doing a war. Uh, you know, don't. Yeah, I'm just gonna do my old my old crash quote: "Fight war, not wars." So, 
Uh, Chris, thanks for coming by. We'll see you all next week.